Welcome back to our study in God's Word. We're, we're dealing with the subject problems and how we can solve them, and it's a matter of choices. And now we're moving on to another choice, and that is choosing to commit yourself. And again, we're talking about the choices that help us grow, the choices that make us like Christ, the choices that lead us to be the person that God wants us to be. Have you heard the story of the airplane pilot who announced over his intercom system, ladies and gentlemen, he said to the passengers, I have good news and bad news. The good news is that we have a tailwind and we are making excellent time. The bad news is our compass is broken and we have no idea where we're going. Well, I think that's probably the situation with a great many of us. We may be moving at top speed, but we don't really know where we're going. We need to find out where we're going. We need to discover some things that will help us to know. Did you hear about the fellow who went to the top of Lookout Mountain at Chattanooga, Tennessee, a peak that's famous for the panoramic view? You can actually see seven states on a clear day. And it was a clear day when he was there, and he could see 30 miles in each direction. It was autumn, and the trees were magnificent in their colorings. Afterwards, somebody asked him, what did you see? Tell us all about it. It was great, he said. I saw the backside of a buzzard. You see, he really didn't see anything much. He wasn't looking. He didn't have his eyes open. He didn't have his heart open. He didn't have his mind open. What I'm trying to say to you this morning, where do you want to go? Do you have any idea? How are you going to get there? Do you have any idea? It doesn't matter how fast you're getting there if you don't know where you're going. Maybe you're not seeing correctly. Maybe you're not uh, going the way God wants you to go. There's a, a tremendous problem right now in our country. It's the problem of commitment. Most folks don't want to be committed. They don't want to be committed to anything or anybody. Most people don't want to be committed to their job. They don't want to be committed to their marriage. They don't want to be committed to their schoolwork. They don't want to be committed to their parents, to their mates. They don't want to be committed to the Lord. Very little commitment is evidenced in our society today. Some time ago, I read a book by Jerry White entitled The Power of Commitment. And the, the real key of the book, and in the front of it, Jerry writes, during the past 25 years, I have observed hundreds of Christian men and women as they, <clears throat> go, excuse me, as they dealt with <clears throat> their complexities of normal living. Some flourished spiritually, others floundered. Some made great impact with their lives, others made no mark whatsoever. Some grew in Christ and others dried up spiritually and withered away. Some rejoiced and offered encouragement. Others complained and griped. Some deepened and softened, others became more shallow and hardened. Some, were old, some grew old with grace and godly influence, others just grew old. As I observed, said Jerry, those whose lives clearly reflected deep spiritual growth and those who seemed to stagnate, I searched for the issue that represented the fork in the road, and I believe it was the found foundational issue of commitment, whether they were willing to make the commitments necessary to be the person God wanted them to be. Ordinary people who make simple spiritual commitments under the Lord Jesus Christ make an ordinary impact, an extraordinary impact on the world. And education, gifts, and abilities do not make the difference. Commitment does. You see, that's our background. 
in Psalm 37, I want to read to you what the psalmist says in the first few verses of that great psalm. He says, do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also, and he will do it. There's that word commit. And he says, you commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do it. He will bring to pass what you trust. So let's take the commitment challenge today. And that's the challenge that's here. It's a challenge to commit your way to the Lord. Your way involves your will, your desires, your purpose, your goals, where you want to go, what you want to see, what you want to do. And it involves surrender. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 3, the same sort of thing is voiced by the wise man as he writes, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. So we're challenged in these two verses to commit our way and commit our will and commit our works to the Lord. The word commit is a very interesting word in the Hebrew language. It's a word which means to roll it off. What the scripture is saying, you are to roll off onto the Lord. All of these things, when you commit to the Lord, you roll it off on the Lord. For example, you quit trying to do it yourself, but you enable, you ask God to enable you to do it. You trust him. You roll the problem off on him. You roll the workload off on him. You roll all the things that are bothering you off onto him. To commit to him is to roll off on him everything. How do we do that? Well, in Psalm 37, it clearly is presented as to what we are to do. There are scriptures throughout this chapter that tell us. First one says we are to trust, first of all, trust in the Lord and do good. To trust in the Lord means that we believe that he can handle things, and so we put them into his hands, our lives in his hands, our way, our works, our, our future, everything in his hands, our family, and we put them in his hands. And then he says delight in yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. See, this has to be our focus, that we're delighting in him. Most of us are trying to delight in our desires and get them satisfied, and, and they don't satisfy. But if we delight in the Lord, then he gives us the desires that are right for us, and we get those, get those satisfied. They bring tremendous blessing and joy to our lives. If we're delighting in our maid, it's not bringing us the happiness we want, but if we're de de delighting in the Lord, our mate is bringing us tremendous joy and happiness. Now, this does not mean that you ask the Lord for anything you want and receive it. It means if you delight in the Lord, he will give you his desires, and they will become your desires, and you will find great joy and delighting in them. And then later on in this chapter, he says we are to rest and to wait. The idea here is that everything is not going to happen overnight and everything you want is not going to work out as you are going along. You have to rest in the Lord and wait on the Lord. He will provide what you need. So it, it's a matter <clears throat> of commitment. I'm going to roll it off on him, but I'm not going to take it back. I'm going to give it to him, but I'm not going to take it back. My life 
and everything related to it. Now, if you're tempted to take it back, just thank him that that problem you gave to him, that that, that that future you gave to him, that that family you gave to him, that that wife or husband you gave to him are his, and you're trusting in him. So today, make that kind of a commitment, and we'll talk some more about it tomorrow.